In 2017, I quit my unfulfilling nine to five to lead with my soul first, transform my life and build my dream business from the ground up. Since then, I've been on a mission to experience all that life has to offer and help others do the same. But here's the big question. How do soul entrepreneurs like us, you know, the ones who have big dreams but are starting from scratch, how do we change our lives, make the impact we crave, and build a successful business with soul and strategy? That's the question, and this show gives you the answers. Hey, I'm Lexi Godlewski, and welcome to Building My Empire, a journey of transformation. Hello, hello, hello. This is your host, Lexi Godlewski, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Might I say, you chose a good episode to tune into. <laughs> so today we have returning guest Libby Moore on the show. Libby is a good friend of mine, and I originally had her on the show back in 2020. It's episode 99, and we talked about how to transform your life by leading with your heart and soul first, which truthfully, Libby has crafted her entire life and career by doing exactly that. Today, we're talking about a very relevant topic. We are covering AI, but not the AI you're probably thinking of. Instead of talking about artificial intelligence, today Libby and I dive in deep to talk about authentic intelligence, what it means, how you can tap into your own authentic intelligence, and how you can create an aligned life that you love by leveraging your own authentic intelligence. Before we do that, I want to give you a little bit more background on who our guest Libby Moore is. So Libby served as chief of staff to someone you may have heard of before. Oprah Winfrey for 11 years, all the way through the end of the Oprah Winfrey show. She also worked as a consulting producer with the original team that created the Emmy award-winning Super Soul Sunday on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Now, Libby is a certified life coach, speaker, storyteller, adventurer, and creative connector. She loves inspiring people and helping them reconnect to what's possible in their life and career. So without further ado, are you ready? Let's dive in. We have a very special returning guest on the show today, Libby Moore. Libby, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you back. Thank you, Lexi. It's good to be back here. It's so good to be recording with you again. I was saying to you before we hit the record button um, how I was listening to our last episode together and how much wisdom and insight was filled in that episode. So I can't wait to see the magic that happens with this one as well. Me too. I mean, we never really know what's going to come out of it. That's the beauty of it. It's like, it's like a box of Cracker Jacks, the toy inside. You never know what you're going to get, but it's always going to be fun. Totally. And we're a few years out from that original recording too. And you and I were talking about beforehand, so much has changed for both of us in those two years. You know, we both have moved, we've grown, we've evolved, we traveled, all of these different things. And so I can't wait to hear from those stories as well and the additional things that we've learned, um, what we can share with the audience. Now, the conversation that we're covering today as well I don't even want to dive into it yet, but I will say this whole idea um, to give to give people a little bit of background. This whole idea came when Libby and I were just on the phone catching up and we said we should sit down and record another podcast episode together. And Libby got this idea out of thin air. I feel like it was a direct download for you. And so I can't wait to dive into this more. But before we do, Libby, do you want to um, catch people up again and kind of remind people of your story and your background and just more about who you are? Sure. Um, so I always kind of hesitate before I say it because I don't want to get too in the weeds. But basically, um, the the nuggets, the golden nuggets of my life to date is that 
I really wanted to be in comedy and make people laugh because when I was making people laugh, I could see how I was affecting them and they were happier and lighter. And that was a big deal to me. And I thought, wow, this, this feels amazing. So I always thought I would be in comedy. And my intention was to be on Saturday Night Live. Honestly, I always said I wanted to be a writer for Saturday Night Live. I really wanted to perform on Saturday Night Live. But the long story short is that's what got me to move to New York. And I got this job as Maury Povich's personal assistant, did that for three years and was taking stand-up comedy classes and sketch cop uh, comedy and improv and all that stuff, thinking in my mind, someday I'm going to be doing comedy. And then I left that job and uh, went to a job at some other place. I got fired because I was terrible. And then I gave comedy a shot for two years, uh, not really going anywhere, but getting uh, having a good time and laughing and making people laugh. And then I got a job at Rolling Stone and did that for four years as an assistant. So the Maury job, the Rolling Stone job, an assistant. And then I just said this uh, intention, this prayer on the subway someday. Okay, God, universe, you know, clearly you don't really have the job with Saturday Night Live. I was also trying for the Rosie O'Donnell show. So show me what it is, make it clear and I'll do it. And five weeks later, this job opportunity comes where... To, to potentially be Oprah Winfrey's chief of staff. I got that job and I stayed in that job for 11 years. And then I left that when the show ended and um, moved out to LA to help launch Super Soul Sunday on her network. And then I left at 45 years old, just thinking like I'm burnout. I need to take a break and figure out what to do next. And out of that year came, I'm going to get my coaching certification. So I became a life coach I was living in Seattle, then LA, then I moved back to New York. I started doing executive life coaching. And then in 2016, in meditation, I was asking, how do you coach a massive company of like 50,000 people? How would you coach a company like that as if it were an individual? And the answer that came back in meditation was you teach people how to love themselves. And also, Love X came up into my head, this image, which meant the more people you have working on loving themselves, the more powerful it is, love to the X power. And that's when Love X Coaching was born. And now it's been 11 years since I left the corporate world and I've been coaching. And what I realized to wrap all of this up is, oh my God, my whole life, our whole life, your life, my life, we're doing these apprenticeships to prepare us for what's next. So the Mari and the Rolling Stone job prepared me to be Oprah's chief of staff. The 11 years with Oprah prepared me to be a coach. The 10 years I've been coaching are preparing me for what's next. I don't even know what that is, but I know enough now to know that if I keep following what feels right and what feels right to my heart um, and listening, keyword, listening to my inner voice, inner wisdom, higher consciousness, whatever you want to call that, um, that is the key. So that brings us to this conversation where we are today is it's it's about really getting quiet and listening to your inner self. As always, you're speaking my language, like <laughs> amen to all of that. And if you want um, more background and more of the insights from Libby's story, go check out our first episode because we dive into all of that. Um, in this episode, we're going to start right where you ended off right there about how to tap into that internal wisdom. And I'm so happy that you talked about that because a lot of people ask me how I had 
the courage to up and move from New York to Hawaii. And that's one of the things I did over the past two years that is different from the first episode. And what I tell people is that all of there's actually, it, it was less courage. It was more so this muscle building, like you said, that was happening all of my life where I started traveling, you know, when I was in high school, I went to Europe for the first time because I, I begged my parents and I found a way to make it work. And, and we went. And so I did that. And there were times when I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone to go to new places, do new things, um, you know, travel and study abroad when I was in college. Like there's all these little moments that from me doing that helped build that courage muscle up and help build that experience muscle up. And I learned things which prepared me for those bigger leaps than in life as well. Just like what you were saying too, of all of those past careers and everything that you learned in that helped with the next step in the next chapter. And it also taught you how to tune into that internal wisdom and listening and knowing and understanding what the best next step is or the most aligned step is for you next. So I'm so happy that you brought that up and I so ha- I'm so happy that you touched upon it because that is incredibly powerful. I have a question for you. Yeah. <clears throat> what was the catalyst or the impetus or the pivot moment of when you decided to leave the uh, New York and go to Hawaii? That's a great question and it was a variety of things. I think first and foremost, one of my deep inner knowings that I've just have always known since I was a kid is I always have had a love for the ocean. And anytime my family went away for a summer vacation to the beach or to the ocean, I was at home. Like you could expect that I was in the water with my boogie board, even if there were no waves out, like I was a beach girl to my core. Um, so I always knew that growing up, I always had a love for the ocean. I'd always say, you know, one day I'm going to have a beach house. And it was just always part of my love and something that I always dreamed of. And so that had been a part of me since I was young. And then when in the beginning of 2020, before the pandemic happened, I was actually starting to plan to move somewhere warm by the ocean. I was ready for that next jump and that next step in my life. And then the pandemic hit. So I was like, okay, now's not the time. I, I've learned to kind of surrender the timing for things and trust that for me, I call it the universe, but whether you call that God, source, energy, love, Bob, whatever you call that, you know, mm-hmm. I have learned to trust the timing and that the universe knows the right timing. And so I was like, okay, we're in pandemic. Let me just focus on my business, build up what I can, um, do what I can while I'm living here in New York. And so I did that. But every single day I was just working on my computer at my parents' house by myself. And I would have these epiphanies where I saw my 20s going by and I would think to myself, I want to experience so much more to life than just sitting in front of my computer screen every single day. Like I was I was so thankful to be living my dream life in terms of being able to build my own business and coach people and do podcast interviews and all of that. But there was still that calling for more in me as well. And so um, that was starting to grow in me too, where I had these epiphanies and I knew I wanted to experience more adventure, more fun, more friendships, all of the different things, more sunshine, more nature. And I actually, um, in the fall of 2020, I had three separate friends send me a link to an article that 
was talking about how Hawaii was encouraging remote workers and entrepreneurs to come out to the islands to share their gifts with nonprofits there to get involved with community work, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so I had three separate friends from three separate friend groups send me this article where I was like, okay, that's enough of a sign for me to go and apply, you know, and just see what happens. So I went and applied and there were 50 spots for people to come out. They were going to pay your full round trip airfare, your hotel stay. They just asked that you use your skills to get back to the community, did some community work, that type of thing. And so I applied, there were 50 spots and 90,000 people applied for those 50 spots. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Can we just pause that for a second? Yeah. 90,000 applied for 50 spots. Correct. So I just want to highlight that for those people listening that think, well, that would never happen to me. Continue. Because you're reflecting back to us ourselves. So what's interesting is in this part of the story, most people expect me to say that I got one of those 50 spots. Truth is, I did not get one of the 50 spots. Plot twist. I know. but Even better. But the applicants, they said to me, we created a whole subcategory of people who we thought might still come out to Hawaii, even if you're not accepted. So they put me in that subcategory with a few other thousand people. Um, There was a whole Slack channel of like Hawaii entrepreneurs in the Hawaii community that they added us to, gave us some co-working discounts, that type of thing. And I still took that as enough of a sign to say, all right, let me go try this out. You know, that's still Mm. enough of a sign for me to, Mm. to take a leap and go for it. And so after that, then I started telling family and friends who thought I was nuts, (laughs) who thought I was crazy for doing it because I had never been to Hawaii. I didn't know anybody. I had, it was crazy when you look at it on paper, right? Like it didn't make sense. I always tell people it didn't make sense on the surface, Mm -hmm. but it made sense in the soulface. So it made sense in Mm. my soul. But it didn't mm-hmm. make sense on the surface. Like I would have people yeah. ask me, why are you moving to one of the most expensive places in the U.S.? Like that doesn't make sense. Why are you moving somewhere so far away from your family? That doesn't make sense. Like why? What? Like people, there are a lot of people who just could not understand. And for me, it was just a deeper knowing that I was like, I just have to go try this thing. And I know if I don't, I'm going to regret it. And so I found roommates online. In January of 2021, while I was still living in New York, I had no housing, no flight spot yet for Hawaii or anything. I was buying sunscreen and shorts. And like (laughs) I was like preparing for this, even though I had nothing set yet. I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually like preparing for this. I knew that I was going. And so I eventually found roommates online. Um, And then once things fell into place, I had booked... um, I had booked my flight. I had signed my lease and paid my security deposit all on the same day. And then two weeks later, I left. I had sold my car within that two weeks and I I packed my bags and I took my one-way flight from New York to Hawaii. And I told my family, I told my parents, wow. I was like, let me just go try it out for a year. Like I want to go yeah. experience every season there and see what that's like. And then a year went by and I was like, I'm not ready to leave. <laughs> I'm just getting started here. I'm not leaving yet. Yeah. Now a second year has gone by. So I've been out there for over two ne- two years now. But yeah. um, that is pretty much, there was no one moment that sparked it. It was a bunch of all these little steps that yes. really just, it was dots that came together and that connected, you know, in a line. Yes, and it was my trusting my own faith and knowing that mm-hmm. it was going to happen and I was going to make it work and I was going to make it happen. And then when the timing was right, it did. 
Oh my God. I love that story so much. And I love that I stopped you thinking I, like everyone else thought, Oh my God, she was one of 50 applicants that got chosen out of 90,000. That's even better because it says to people and myself, by the way, listening that even if you don't get chosen for the thing, and I'm putting quotes around that because I think this is an audio podcast. Um, you can still do it. You know, there's still other options. And my God, you went, you know, you've been there for over two years now. I love that story so much. Thank you. And those connecting those dots is, I like to call it following the breadcrumbs. There is something yeah. amazing for you. Um, and it's just about following those breadcrumbs one by one to lead you to that treasure chest. And you open and you're like, oh my God, I'm in Hawaii. And then you follow the breadcrumbs again to another treasure chest and it's something else and something else is just endless. And the amazing thing that. that I have learned about following the breadcrumbs is that it always turns out better than I expected it to when I follow the breadcrumbs. Yes. So it's yeah. it's either um, better than I expected or like um, just more fulfilling than I expected. It's it's always just bigger and better than I was yeah. anticipating myself, which is really cool. I love it. So that's a yes. perfect segue actually into our topic of conversation today. So as yes. I was telling the listeners, Libby and I were on a call one day and we were just catching up. And we said to each other, you know, we should do a round two uh, on the podcast and record another episode. And out of nowhere, Libby goes, let's make it about AI, authentic intelligence. And I love this because that is the fullest extent that you and I have talked about authentic intelligence. So Mm -hmm. on this episode, we get to dive in deeper and define that and refine that together. Um, So I just want to kick this off by saying, how would you define authentic intelligence? Like, what does it yeah. mean to you? I love that question. I'm so happy. And thank you again for inviting me back to have this conversation Anytime. with you. Um, I can't remember. Did it come up organically in that in that conversation? Is that how it came it up? It totally did. I can remember the exact moment. It was like you got a download in that yeah. second. And, yes. And you were like, let's, you know, everyone's talking about artificial intelligence, Lexi, like, let's talk about authentic intelligence. Like how do you follow that soul, that heart, that deeper calling and like tune into that, you know, and live life from that place. Okay. I love it. Cause I've been talking with, since we had that connection point, I've been bringing, writing about it in my journal and, and, you know, meditating on it and bringing it up in conversation with people and, you know, saying, I really want to like write an op-ed or something that is AI versus AI. AI, artificial intelligence versus the real AI, the most powerful AI that we all have, which is our authentic intelligence. And I think it's really interesting, too, because we're in a space and time right now in in um, our culture where fear, I mean, my God, fear is just heaped on us, whether it's the news. I mean, please don't even get me started. It's like the news or how it's written or how videos are cut with dramatic music in the background to create this feeling of fear within us. So what I realize is the authentic intelligence that you and I are speaking of, that's, I believe it's within all of us. So when we come through the womb, we're these like babies that have a clean slate. There's no abuse. There's no, you know, 
I haven't been loved. No one's broken up with us. We don't have bad credit. You know, whatever it is, we're just like a total clean slate. And all we know is feeling. We don't even know language at that point. Um, but we know when something feels good, we go towards it. And when something feels bad, we go away from it. So I believe as we get older and we get conditioned away from this inner knowing, and then we look to either like gurus or religious leaders or, um, a, you know, name brand, handbag, car, shoes, dress, where you live, zip code, all that to be, you know, what we're looking for, for validation when it's all right here within us, it's our authentic intelligence, this higher consciousness that is us, this inner wisdom that is us. And when you align in that energy, that is you, you are so crystal clear about what is the next step for you. And sometimes it might vary on a scale of one to 10, one being, I really don't know. I'm so confused and 10 blank being, oh yeah, hell yes, I'm going to do this. This is so exciting. And then there's every little increment in between. So that authentic intelligence is the most powerful thing we can do for ourselves. And that's getting us back to our most authentic self, our most loving, truthful, honest, pure self. That's what authentic intelligence is to me. And we all have that. Amen. That's beautiful. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on authentic intelligence? I think that you are spot on. I think your authentic intelligence is that part of you, whether you call it your gut, your heart, your soul, the knowing, your faith, whatever it is, it's that deeper place. Like, you know, when you have to make a decision about something and just just like how I was talking about with Hawaii, you know, if I used just my <laughs> mind and just my brain and looked at that decision on paper, it did not make sense. I agree with people. It did not make sense. I was moving to one of the most expensive places where I knew nobody. I had no connections. You know, I sold my car. I packed just to like logistically and um, in my mind, it doesn't make sense. But in my soul and in my heart, I couldn't explain it, but it did. And mm -hmm. it's that part of you, that deeper part of you that I think a lot of people are afraid to make decisions from, right? Because there's a lot of times that you you see the the cliff you have to leap from, but you don't see the net yet or you don't see mm -hmm. the other side yet, right? And a lot of times when you follow that, you have to trust that the net is going to appear or that, mm -hmm. you know, the other side of the cliff is going to appear. Um, and so for me, authentic intelligence is really that deeper part of you that is really just a muscle, like any other muscle in your body that you have to get used to listening to. And you have mm -hmm. to get used to what does it sound like and what does it feel like and what happens when I actually do listen to that calling and and take steps forward. And I think one of the things that you have done really well is not only led with that and you have not only leveraged your own authentic intelligence to help you guide your life and guide your career, but also you have been able to now look back and connect those breadcrumbs like you were talking about and see how those decisions have led you to where you are as well. And so for me, to wrap this all up, the authentic intelligence is that deeper part of you and is that knowing. Um, it's that deeper part of you that 
exactly to your point, you are born with from day mm-hmm. one. Like I always tell people, what's really interesting is when you watch a um a baby first start to learn how to walk, right? It it doesn't get it perfect on its first time. It it kind of stumbles and it's wobbly and it takes a few steps and then it falls and it tries again. But never during that does it make up stories about itself to say, mm. um, I'm not good enough or who am I to think that I can walk? <laughs> yeah. You know, like a, a baby yeah. never thinks like That's I'm so never good. gonna walk one day. Yeah. You know, the baby <laughs> right. just like gets up and tries again and keeps yeah. going until it gets it. And then eventually it learns how to crawl, how to walk and how to run, how to mm. skip, how to jump and, and goes from there. And so that innate knowing that you see in a baby that knows like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, or I'm meant to do this. We are all born with that. But as yeah. we grow up, I think we get farther and farther away from that because we're taught more and more to just think with our brain versus mm-hmm our heart. Um, Mm -hmm. And so learning how to tap back into that, knowing that Mm -hmm. we're each born with it already. Yeah. 100%. I love that. I like the the baby analogy. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Cause the part where the baby's like, I'll never walk. Yeah. Yeah. And then that baby (laughs) one day becomes, um, you know, the greatest athlete in the world. It's just extraordinary. I think also about, um, Uh, so people, I, my guess would be people would think, well, how do I, how do I know what my authentic intelligence is? And as we've talked about before, I think the easiest and quickest way to do it is when you feel confused or you're not sure, or, or a, let me back up a little, um, is the awareness of your thoughts. So the awareness of your thoughts is, um, essential because that's creating how you feel as well. So the thought is a feeling, you know, like you, you can have a thought and either creates a really good feeling where you're feeling, Oh my God, this is amazing. I feel so excited. I'm inspired or it's a neutral thought. You just don't really necessarily feel anything or it's a lower vibrating negative thought, which is like, I can never do this. I suck. No one wants me. I'm unlovable. You know, Mm -hmm. there's every little increment on that spectrum. And when we think a thought, that thought creates a feeling that we just explained. The feeling is an actual vibration. That's why they say, I love your vibe or I hate his vibe. You know what I mean? Or, Mm -hmm. Ooh, that person in front of me at the grocery store has an icky vibe. There's something, Ooh, they haven't said anything. They haven't turned around, but you can vibrationally feel something wonky or you get into an elevator and you're just like, Oh, I'm going to step out. There's just something about that dude that does not feel good to me. There's no language, nothing, but vibrationally, our bodies can feel it. So when we, because we're vibrational beings and science has proven that we live in an electromagnetic field of energy, that thought creates the feeling. The feeling is a vibration. That vibration holds a certain frequency to it. That frequency ripples out through this field of energy that we live in, and it goes out looking for a matching and equal signal or vibration to bring back to you. So in the most basic Fisher-Price way, I believe that's how our thoughts create our life or help co-create our life. Back to authentic intelligence, how do you differentiate? People will say, but how do I know which thought is my authentic intelligence or what is the other? I believe the quickest, easiest way of doing it is to go into the deep breath, slow exhale, which brings us back to almost three years ago, right? In our first um, conversation about this. 
the deep breath, slow exhale is the disruptor. So all day long, we're breathing. When we sleep, we're breathing. We don't have to think about breathe in, breathe out. It, our body just naturally does it. But based on my own personal experience over the past 11 years of doing a deep dive into how does this work? How does this stuff work? How do you explain it to people in the most Fisher-Price way that anybody can do it and use it? And it's, as I say, B2B, it's not business to business. It's back to basics. Oh, I so love the, that. Yeah. It's, it's the real B2B, back to basics. We have everything we need to know. And when you're spinning in your head or thinking this will never work, or I'm not good enough, or how will I ever be chosen as one of those 50 people to move to Hawaii? You, the awareness is step one. I'm doing that thing. I'm looping in my head. Step two is you go into the deep breath, slow exhale, deep breath in through your nose, hold it for a few seconds, and then a super slow exhale through your nose, relaxing your shoulders on the exhale. By the time you've done your third inhale and exhale, you're out of your head and you're up in alignment with this higher consciousness that we are calling your authentic intelligence, also known as your inner wisdom that we are calling authentic intelligence. And when you are in alignment with that energy, that vibration, that frequency, the thing to do next pops in, the idea, the inspiration, the creativity, the motivation, the solution, the answer, we could go on and on and on. When you're in alignment with that, you will know what to do next. It's not the next 12 steps, it's the next step. And then following that one comes the next one. But that's that's why we believe authentic intelligence is the most powerful thing you can do. Because social media, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, news, whatever you want to call it, your, your, your society, your community is trying to tell you stuff, all kinds of different stuff. That's why people are so disconnected and confused. The key is to go back in through the breath. That's the magic point. That's the point of entry through the deep breath, slow exhale to align with that higher consciousness, which we are calling authentic intelligence, our authentic intelligence. I love this. I'm getting so much energy from this. So two things that I want to add. One thing is, I loved how you said, once you tap into that, then you'll always be given the next step. And I think this is actually what trips people up is because sometimes the next step can seem so small or so random that they're like, how is that the next step? Like, I'm going to ignore because, you know, I need to go change the world when really maybe your next step really is to just take a nap because you're exhausted, you know, and you need to take care of yourself. Maybe that next step is as small as giving someone a phone call that pops up into your mind. Maybe that next step is as small as going out for a walk and getting out in nature. But I think a lot of times those little next steps that come in, people doubt them because they think, oh, no, I'm trying to solve this big problem or I'm trying to make this big impact. How is that actually going to help? But what they can't see is maybe going on that walk is going to give you the inspired idea, you know, that's going to build the business. Or maybe that is going to uh, trigger this or trigger that. You know, we can't, I was just talking about this yesterday. 
because I fully believe in this, where we are not given the full game game plan, right? When you tap into your authentic intelligence, it doesn't give you the full game plan of like, okay, go for a walk and then this is going to happen and that's going to happen. That's going to happen. It doesn't do that, but it always gives you the next step and you have to trust in that next step it gives you. Take it and trust that once you take that, the next step will will reveal itself. And it's just a process of continuing to take those baby steps one after the next. I'm smiling because I just got this vision of the book you're going to write someday. And it's called <laughs> The Next Step. I love that. <laughs> I'll, keep you updated. I'll, I'll, de- I'll dedicate yeah. a chapter to you. <laughs> the it's whole so book. True. It's so true. I mean, really, it is. It's so true because it is about the next step. That is the most important thing. It's not like, I love that you said that. It's not about getting 12 steps and then beginning on step one. It's just go for the next step. And then the next step, I want to bring up two things. So you mentioned like the next step might be taking a nap. Nikola Tesla. If anyone listening has not heard of Nikola Tesla, Google Nikola Tesla, read the Wikipedia page, whatever. I mean, one of the most brilliant humans that ever lived on earth. You know, Elon Musk named his car company Tesla after Nikola Tesla, one just truly a brilliant man. And he would take a nap every day in the afternoon around 4 p.m. And he would get these downloads, for lack of a better term, of how to create free energy was his mission. How do you create free energy, free electricity for the to, to um, uh, what's the word, power the entire world? Free, free. It's free and it's possible. So he had all these big ideas, but he would get these ideas during his step. David Lynch, the huge movie director who's really into transcendental meditation, um, uh, someone, a friend gave me this book called Catching the Big Fish by David Lynch in 2008. I read that book. The only thing I remember from it, this is what stuck out, that every single movie contract that he signs on to, he has written into the contract, and I'm paraphrasing this, that every morning... For 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon, production shuts down so that he can go into his trailer and meditate for 20 minutes. Because he said all his best ideas for his movies, all of his creativity comes through meditation. So when I read that, I thought, I'm going to start meditating, you know, and I did. And the meditation has really been one of the things that's changed my life. If you're tripped up over meditation, just deep breathing, slow exhale. That's all you have to do so many different forms and people are like, oh, I have to pay $5,000 to get my TM, whatever. No, you don't. It's just really take some time, close your eyes, deep breath, slow exhale, um, and start with just three deep breath, slow exhales in the morning. And then maybe you build up to 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever you want. But that that is one of the things that changed my life. All that to say that exactly what you said, it might be a nap, it might be a walk, um, Nikola Tesla got one of his biggest ideas on a walk and he stopped and took a stick and drew it out in the sand. This idea that was coming down to him that he wanted to remember. And he drew out the the diagram in the dirt, you know, in this walk. So you, me, these people we're talking about are getting ideas, inspiration, the next step from a different place that I believe is not our mind. That's, that's, I don't think everyone's focusing on the, the brain. I think that's the mechanism that can translate what's coming in. I believe it's coming from our inner self, 
higher consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And it's absolutely extraordinary. Back to the deep breath, slow exhale is the is that point of entry or relaxation, napping, meditating. It's just relaxing your mind so that you allow it to come in. What's the next step? Relaxing your mind to allow it to come in. I think that is a huge quote to take note of because a lot of people get caught up on meditation. They're afraid or it's a, it seems like this big thing that they, to your point, need to get trained on or it can seem really intimidating. When truth is like, try just starting the next time you eat a meal to not go on your phone or watch TV or listen to anything. Like try to just be by yourself. When I um, When I studied abroad, I took a mindfulness and meditation class and that first is what opened me up to meditation. Every single class we would meditate at least once and we learned all these different forms of meditation, everything. And one of our pieces of homework was to, when we would go home and eat, to eat without distractions. So to eat without any TV, without our phones near us, just sit down and eat. And the first time I did that, it honestly felt so foreign to me. But that in of itself is still a form of meditation where you can take time to just be with yourself, relax the mind, like actually taste what it's like to eat the food that you're eating, to be in the present moment and to really just come back to the now. Because if you can do that, whether it's through the three deep breaths or through meditation, I think all of that comes back to coming back and bringing your attention, your presence back to this moment right here and right now, because truthfully, that's all that we have, right? We can Mm -hmm. think about the past, we can think about the future, but those things are never happening at the same time. It's always just this moment right here, right now. And so if we can learn how to tune into that, that's where I believe all your power comes in. um, And you can really tap into that authentic intelligence that you were talking about. And one of the other things that I was thinking about too, in and how to tap into your authentic intelligence. And I know this really helped me when I first left my full-time job to start my business was the first time that I ever asked myself, what do I really want? And when I asked myself that question, that was the first time I actually legitimately thought about like, not what do I, I think I should be doing? What paths should I be following? You know, what should I want for my life? It was the first time I sat down and actually asked myself, what do I want? And asking myself that question is what I believe also helped me tap into that authentic intelligence because then I look back on those journal entries now and you know what I talked about? I talked about living by the beach in warm weather and I talked about having my own business and coaching people and having a podcast and impacting people and everything that I live and do now is what I journaled about then before it was a reality. And so that one question is also what helped me tap into that authentic intelligence and hear what I what it was that I actually wanted for myself in my life versus just all the external outside noise of mm-hmm. what I think I should want or the path I should be following or watching what other people are doing on social media and thinking, ah, I should be you know, doing that too. It's what allowed me to tap in and hear that authentic intelligence even more. I love that. Hundred percent. I keep saying hundred percent because it feels so right. It yeah. feels so <laughs> on point. Um, and journaling. I like that you mentioned journaling because that's a great way to keep track of the breadcrumbs and to see where I've been and where I'm going and where I want to go. It's a record. And it's funny because I do think that, from my own experience and looking back on my story, I do feel that I have gotten to where I am today 
by just following those little breadcrumbs. Like there was no one big moment that just, boom, everything changed for me. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. it, for me, it wasn't just one day that like this thing happened and, and my whole life changed. It was by continually listening to those little breadcrumbs all the time and just seeing what happened when Mm -hmm. I followed them and following them with this sense of curiosity and knowing that I can always backtrack and go back. Right. That was one of the things I always thought, both when I started my own business, as well as when I moved to Hawaii, I always thought, okay, if I start my own business and it doesn't work, like I can always get other jobs doing other things. You know, I can Mm -hmm. always go get another full-time job. Or if I move to Hawaii and I don't like it or it doesn't work out, I can always come back home to New York. Like that is always an option. So trusting too, that when you take these breadcrumbs and um, take action on them with that open mind and with that mind of just curiosity and being open to the possibilities. Um, you never know what could happen and trusting that if if you don't like the path that that's leading you down, like you can tune back in and choose something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if I ask how old you are? If you don't want to say it's fine. Yeah, I'm 29. 29. Okay. I love everything you just said because you are hundred percent correct. Meaning you can try it. If you don't like it, you try something else, but there will always be something that you learned in that experience. I am 57 years old. When, and I, I love saying that too, in a, in a culture where people are like, don't say your age. That is just so ridiculous. I love, (laughs) love, love my age. I love who I am. I love how I feel. So 57 at 25 years old, when I moved to New York city, I, my thought and my dream was I'm going to write for Saturday night live. I lived there for eight and a half years doing the jobs, as I mentioned, but doing comedy, you know, preparing for the, like doing the sketch comedy classes, the improv comedy classes, um, stand up comedy classes in the background on weekends at night, preparing for that big dream of writing for Saturday night live. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, I released the Saturday Night Live thing because I, as you know, I had an informational interview and I left that interview thinking, I'm never going to work here. There's just, these are all like white guys in their forties, you know, who all went to Ivy League school. I mean, this was in the the late nineties, way before Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. So I just thought this is not going to be happening. And I set my sights on writing for the Rosie O'Donnell show. The reason why I say all that is I was sending writing submissions to the Rosie O'Donnell show for, I think, ultimately like eight or 10 months. But at some point, my mom said to me, Elizabeth, so this is one of the breadcrumbs. My mom, I'm, I'm, I'm a second assistant at Rolling Stone to Jan Wenner, the founder and publisher. Um, honestly, I really didn't like being an assistant. I didn't feel like I was a good executive assistant or administrative assistant. And then my mom said, Elizabeth, why don't you send your resume to Oprah? You love her magazine that just came out last month. You've always loved her talk show. Why don't you send your resume? Now, that was a breadcrumb from the universe coming through my mother to me. And what did I do? I blew it off. I thought, what does my mom know? You know, I just shut it down. So you were saying you have to be open. I closed up. I heard that. I could have said at the fork in the road, I could have said, yeah, why not? I'll just send my resume. What's the big deal? They don't respond. Who cares? I'm just going to do it anyway. That's one. That's like, why not? That's open. But I closed. I said, ah, mom, whoever is Oprah's assistant, why would they ever leave that job? 
that's crazy. Like whoever is her assistant is going to say, number one, number two, I love living in New York City. My girlfriend lives here. I have great friends here, you know, and close, 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 shut it down. Well, let's see. Uh, That was April, May. That was about May, June, July, August, September, October. Five months later, four, maybe four months later, I'm um, riding the subway to work. And I say this prayer. Okay, God, universe, clearly you don't want me to write for Saturday Night Live or Rosie because no one's responding. You know, I've been here for eight and a half years in New York. Nothing's happening. You know how badly I want it. So whatever I'm meant to do, every atom, cell, and molecule in my body, mind, soul, and spirit is open to it. Show me what it is. Be clear. Shine a big fat spotlight on it, and I'll do it. And I release that intention to the universe. With releasing that, I also release my dream of writing for Saturday Night Live and my dream of writing for Rosie. I just released it all and basically opened myself up and said, show me what it is and make it clear. Well, five weeks later, this email comes to me through this networking group that I was in that said, hey, guys, I was just you know contacted by a recruiter in Chicago. They're in search of a chief of staff executive assistant to a high-profile person, responsibilities in- include. And it listed all these things. And the moment I started reading the, the responsibility list, I thought, oh, my God, this is Oprah. And this is why I didn't get Saturday Night Live or Rosie. I'm going to get this job. And to make a long story short, I got that job. And I moved to Chicago and I did that for 11 years and it changed my life for the better. I am a better person. I'm a more expanded person. And it was 11 years by Oprah's side, learning from her in that whole environment as an apprenticeship to do what I've done for the past 10 years, coaching. So I say all that to say, when I got into the job, I asked the team, what happened to the person that was here before me? And they said, she left. Well, doesn't matter why they left, they left. When did that happen? In April, one month before my mother said, why don't you send your resume to Oprah? Get out. And I blew it off. So I share that story again with you to remind you, and again with everyone listening, because when someone offers like, why don't you just send your resume? Why not call your friend from college? Why not blah, blah, blah? Just do it. What do you have to lose? You know? That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. I have to tell you a story I haven't told you before. Okay. You ready? Let's do it. You're this is gonna be great. Okay. So back when when I was a senior in college, so this was 2016, um, our friend of ours, Deirdre, handed me your business card. And she said, This is before I knew you at all. She said, This is Libby. It's really cool. This was right after you came to you spoke at Endicott, which you and I both went to. Um, yes. when I was a senior. And so I sat in the auditorium and heard you spoke speak for the first time. And I heard your story and I was like, oh, this woman is so cool. Like such an inspiration. And you're getting into coaching and doing all these things, right? Deirdre handed me your business card and said, just, you know, send her an email and see like what happens. Just do it. Right. And so I was in the place where just like you were when your mom was like, just send in your resume, you never know. And you shut yourself off. I did that too. So I don't even remember. I might've sent you an email or not. I don't even remember to be honest with you, but I knew that I had shut myself off from that. Cause I was like, what is this? What? Like, she's not going to want to hear from me. You know, what do I have to offer her and all this (laughs) stuff? So if if that 2016 version of me could know now that we would become friends and I'd have you on my podcast twice, and we'd be sitting here having this conversation, she would freak out. 
Isn't that yes. wild? Yeah, I love that story. And here we are seven years later. Right. Friendship. And let me add to your story. Thank you so much for sharing that. The first podcast, we, your podcast that you invited me on, which I felt so honored to be a part of. I thought oh, this is so Endicott. great. And we both love Endicott and we love Deirdre. Big, mm-hmm. big emoji Ooh, hands up in the shout air. Shout out for, to Deirdre. We love Deirdre, you. Deirdre. <laughs> love Deirdre. Uh, so, so, you know, um, when I did that podcast with you, uh, which was December 2020, right? And then... Sebastian, who we both know, who just happened to be a listener. Actually, he was Googling. He was starting an app called 59 Breaths, the 59 Breathing app. He had just, it was an idea. He was just, you know, beginning the very beginning stages of this startup. He Googles breathing, deep breathing, because I love deep breathing. And that's the basis of my coaching and the thing that's the basis of what's changed my life. Everything we're talking about to align us with our authentic intelligence, our higher consciousness, inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it. I talk about it all the time. He hears, he listens to your podcast. He then reaches out to you to get my info, you introduce us. And now here we are, what, three years later, and I've been an advisor. We've been talking once a week for the past, I don't know, since January 2021. And now I'm an advisor on this amazing breathing app, which just hit the um, Apple store uh, like two months ago. So thanks to you inviting me to do this. And then he hears it and then he reaches out. He's now a friend of mine. And, you know, we're working together on this. And I'm going to give you the link so your listeners can. It's a free app you know, that you can download to monitor your breathing, breathing and check your real time heart rate variability. So, and on and on and on. But my point is even that, you know, everything we're sharing, you, me, and everyone listening, we're reflecting back to you what happens into your your life all the time. And we're sharing our own personal stories so that you can go, oh, this is what Lexi was sharing. This is what Libby was sharing. This is happening to me right now. Why not act on it? Why not open up? Because when you're closed, nothing can come in. But when you're open, the possibilities are endless. And I want to pull one of the things that we talked about on the previous episode because it fits so well here where um, I heard this analogy before. I still don't remember where I heard it from, but it was saying essentially if you're walking around in life with like your fists closed and you're closed off, you're in fear um, you're just not open to the possibilities. Like you're going to be walking around like this, but as soon as you flip your hands and open your hands so that your palms are open, now you can actually be open to receive right Mm. from the world. But Mm. most people are walking around with their hands and fists and they can't receive like that. So if you try instead opening your hands, allowing yourself to receive, then you never like endless possibilities of what can happen or where that could lead you. Endless. But I think both all of those stories are perfect examples of the power of leading with authentic intelligence. And there's a there's a few points that I want to make too, where I think that, you know, artificial intelligence, it it and I want to go to artificial intelligence real quick. Mm-hmm. That it it fascinates me to be honest with you. And I have played around with it in different ways, but also I think it's really interesting how it's another thing, just like our phones, just like social media that again I use. However, I feel like it's these different things that actually pull us away from our authentic intelligence. You know, it has mm-hmm. us looking outside of ourselves for things. It has us looking outside of ourselves for validation, for advice, 
for what do I do next? For what is that next step? Mm -hmm. And so I just want to challenge the listeners to try instead going within and tapping into that authentic intelligence before going to the artificial intelligence to just listen to your point, you know, take your three Mm -hmm. deep breaths, just listen and see what comes up next and just try, see what happens when you take that next step. Um, because you never know and and try just going within versus searching outside of yourself for the answers all the time. Mm. I would love, I am so happy you just um, offered that to your listeners. And I hope they write in to you to tell you what came out of that. Almost as, you know, you, I like that. I keep saying, I've been using my life as a Petri dish, came out of the Oprah world. You hear all these incredible people that she's interviewed over the years. So when I stepped out, I thought, well, is it true? And how do you do it? I've heard for over a decade now how you do this stuff. I'm going to implement it into my life, use my life as a Petri dish of experiments and see what works and what doesn't work. And all of this stuff, it really does work. It's And most of it is very simple. The, the hard part is the discipline to do it. Even yeah. like the deep breath, slow exhales you're busy. You feel like I'm late. I need to run to the cab or subway or my next meeting or that dinner. But even if you're driving to dinner, you can do three deep breaths, slow exhales. And I do want to offer this too, as far as opening, whether you're driving to see your partner, your friend, your parents, uh, whatever, you're going to lunch, dinner, it doesn't matter, uh, an interview, a business meeting, to do the three deep breaths, slow exhales in through the nose, hold it for a second, and then super slow exhale, always relaxing the shoulders on the exhale. Do three of those. And then you say in your mind's eye or in your heart, from your heart, you know, if I'm meeting you for Lexi for dinner, whatever Lexi most needs to hear in this conversation, thank you for flowing from my heart to her heart. Whatever I most need to hear in this conversation, thank you for flowing from Lexi's heart to my heart for the greater good of everyone concerned. And then you just release it. It's like a little, for those that believe in prayer, it's a sweet little prayer. For those that believe in intention, you're setting an intention for the highest good. And I always like to see this, like I'm holding my hands above my head, this energy, this higher uh, consciousness, this higher energy, I almost imagine it as a white light, like coming down from below, going through the two hearts, meeting in the middle, and then circulating back up. So you've got an alternating current of circular kind of white, like kind of loving, higher vibrational energy, whatever sounds or, you know, good to someone. That's the intention you're setting. And every single time I've ever done that, whether it's a difficult conversation or just meeting someone for dinner, it's, it's, I look back and go, wow, that was really good. Isn't it funny how it's those small moments that are actually the life-changing moments? You know, it's those small moments when you intentionally choose to shift your energy or you intentionally choose to tune into the present moment or intentionally choose to open yourself up to what else, you know, is possible. It's, I feel like it's always those little moments that are actually the big life-changing moments. Yes. And, and I want to say that for me, where that came in, that little moment, that idea of setting that intention came when I was working, uh, I was working in a job and this other department head was meeting me for a meeting and someone on my team and someone on their team were really not in a good way. And I was protecting my person and this other person was protecting their person on their team. 
And in my mind, I was thinking this, this guy, not the department head yet. Like what a jerk, you know, like this dude is so like, whatever. It was very derogatory. It was really putting this person down in my mind, but I knew when the department head came in, I was going to be all smiles. Like, Hey, how are you doing? And we're going to have this conversation. But in my mind, it was like, Oh, I'm going to stand up for my person. You know, I was really ready to like, but I was going to be fake. I mean, I'm being super open and honest here. Now, I was annoyed before the person walked into my office. What popped into my head that we can call authentic intelligence, higher consciousness, was take a deep breath, slow exhale right now. Take it. So I did that. I was listening to what popped in. Now I want you to send, you know, loving energy to his heart. And that's where this idea whatever so-and-so most needs to hear in this conversation. Thank you for flowing from my heart to his heart, whatever I need to hear. Thank you for flowing through him from his heart to my heart for the greater good of everyone concerned. That just came to me. It's not like I wrote it out and practiced it or had thought it before. It just organically came in. The person came in. We ended up talking for an hour and a half and by the end of that conversation, we both had tears in our eyes and gave each other a big hug at the end of the, the, the uh, meeting. Now, to me, that was mind-blowing because I was getting out of my mind and up into alignment with this yeah. higher consciousness, authentic intelligence. And by setting that tone prior to him coming in, that connected to his heart. He connected to my heart. And we had an extraordinary conversation that changed my life. That was probably in 2006 or 2005. So I just share that again to say that this authentic intelligence, the real, truthful, most powerful AI, authentic intelligence wants to see with our eyes and listen with our ears and speak through us and experience with our heart. And we have to open up to allow it to come through us. Yeah. Are you letting it in? Are you letting the help? Are you letting the guidance? Are you, it's almost like, um, you know, just what you were saying before, if you are closed off to it, then you're not going to hear it. You know, it's, it's like you have to tune your radio dial to that station in order to hear the music play. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Was there ever a time when you felt in your life? that you were on a path that was off of your own authentic intelligence? Like, did you ever feel off the the path of being aligned with where you felt like you were meant to go or meant to, or work you were meant to do or anything like that? Well, the first thing that popped into my head, and I'm going to share it because it's all about following those breadcrumbs. Um, the first thing that popped in were a couple of relationships that I was in and I knew Ooh, this is, I'm not in alignment with this person or they're not in alignment with me, or we're just like, our values are off, but I hung in there because of whatever, maybe I felt guilty or maybe I felt like, well, I'm supposed, wow, I've already had so many relationships. I got to make this one work. You know, I knew it was off, but for whatever reason, I just hung in there and it only gets worse. You know, there's a certain amount of trying, but when you know, you know, like, I'm sorry, if you're, if someone's listening right now and you're being physically or emotionally abused, you're not in the right relationship. You know, it's time for you to honor yourself, to move on. I don't know why that popped in, but it did. So I'm sharing it because someone out there is like, okay, I got to listen to the sign. Yeah, that was for me. I asked for a sign. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, And and so relationship, 
a couple, you know, popped in. And then, um, and then also I would say, I mean, honestly, when I was working with Oprah, I was totally in alignment. She's amazing, lovely. And then when I, st- at some point I said, I can't be the chief of staff anymore. I'm burnt out. I feel like, you know, I've been in three relationships since I've been in a job. It's time for me to move on. Uh, no, it's time for me to move on from this, this role. Once mm-hmm. you feel settled because the show was ending and she was launching the network. And I, and I said, but I want to stay in your world. I just can't do this job anymore. I'm just burnt out. I feel like I'm going to get sick. And she said, well, we've got two years. Let's figure out what the next role was to be. And it was very generous. And what, and I said yes to it. And then when leadership changed, not her, but I wasn't reporting to her anymore. I was reporting mm-hmm. to two other uh, people. And once, first I was reporting to someone else and then I was like, oh, this is great. I'm totally in alignment. This is amazing. I moved to LA. Then that leadership changed and two new people came in and I knew I am not in alignment with this. Had, you know, what had nothing to do with Oprah or the network. It was the people I was reporting to and I thought, I've got to go. And I kept praying for a sign and the signs kept coming and they kept getting worse. And once I got the final sign, I was like, whoa, if I do not listen to this and pay attention to this, like things are going to get bad. And yeah. so that's when I decided I'm going to go, I get, you know, I'm going to stay for four months and I'm going to yeah. leave. Da, da, da. And that was one of the hardest decisions of my life. But one of the best decisions of my life, because my inner soul, my soul, my inner wisdom, my authentic intelligence was saying, you need to go. There's something else for you to do and you're not paying attention. So we're just going to make it worse, worse, worse until you get out and move on because there's something else you need to do. And so, um, yeah, to answer your question, hell yes. (laughs) I'm happy you shared those stories because it brought up a lot in me too, where I am a firm believer firm believer, especially now after knowing how, like, I I know in my heart and my soul that your thoughts create your reality. Like I have intentionally created the reality that I live today down to so many details. It is insane. And so one of the things that I firmly believe in is that there is so much more possible for you than you can imagine. But so much of the time, we are creating our reality just from our past experiences and just from the things that we have gone through or who we have been or what we have faced in the past. And so a lot of times when those things happen, what I see in myself and my clients and other people I talk to is, you know, that job or that relationship isn't right for you, right? So it's almost like people try to hold on. Again, they mm-hmm. they close up and they hold on to that because they don't know what what else is trying to come in. They've only seen what they've gone through in their past. And so um, because of that, if you allow yourself to really just trust that there is so much more for you, if you let go of this thing that's no longer serving you and just trust that there is more that's possible for you, there's more that's trying to come to you, there's better things that's trying to come to you, more aligned things. And you truly just like release the thing that's no longer serving you and embrace that and open yourself up to that. I have experienced so much of how much magic happens, like things like miracles, things that mm-hmm. you just can't explain, synchronicities yeah. that there's no yeah. way that you could have coordinated happen when you open yourself up to that magic. And one of the things that I've experienced to your point as well is that the hardships came when I was so unaligned with my own authentic intelligence that it made it so uncomfortable for me 
that I had no choice but to move out of that experience. Mm, to your mm-hmm, point too, like mm-hmm. when those things start happening that you took as a sign, like, okay, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time yeah. to go. That's what I experienced too, of like all these things were happening, not to try and like take me down or not mm-hmm. to try to, um, you know, just ruin things for me, but it was trying to just redirect me. It was almost like, you know, when you're driving, you have like the rumble strips, on the side mm-hmm. of the road. like yeah, I was so yeah. far off on the rumble strips so I was like rrr, 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 rrr. yeah and it was yeah. Just trying to me get me back into yeah. the lane that was aligned with my authentic intelligence versus trying to like you know take me down a whole different path yeah oh man I love that I love the rumble strips that's such yeah. a good point like you're going the right okay you're a little off to the left, little off to the right it's yeah. the rumble strips. And what I also say is it's the check engine light like for me one of the things mm. that I think a lot about when I think about my a time when I was not in alignment with my authentic intelligence. Like it was totally when I had that first nine to five out of, out of college before I started my own business, I did so much to try to fit in, to try and like mold myself to fit into um, the role. Like I cut my hair totally short. I bought all new clothes. Like I was, I was trying to do anything I could to try and fit this mold of someone mm. who is happy going to this just regular nine to five every day, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't working out for me. And so because yeah. of that, I eventually got depressed, anxiety attacks and everything like that. And now how I see that are those symptoms were my check engine light, where it yes. was like the events were happening because they were the rumble strips trying to get me back on track. And mm-hmm. the all of the internal things I was facing was the check engine light to be like, all right, you're unaligned. Like we're trying to bring you back into alignment like you're trying to get you to listen and eventually once it got bad enough that's when I did sit with myself and listen and ask myself that question that we were talking about in the beginning of what do I actually want so those hard times are actually what happened what helped me get into alignment and hear my authentic intelligence for the first time Mm -hmm. Mm. so good and so true and everybody listening can relate to exactly what you just said there's no human walking the earth that hasn't had some version of that. It continues to, because that's how, that is how authentic intelligence is trying to communicate with us. But if we're drowning it out through um, yap, 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 talk, talk, talking TV, you know, social media, yeah. alcohol, yeah. shop, 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 shop on Instagram, wasting yeah. hours, you know, um, then we can't hear it. So yeah. it's about, you got to clear it out. I love it. I love it. Ah, Libby. Okay. So as we start to wrap up, if you could leave the audience with just like three takeaways that you Mm -hmm. want them to take with them throughout the rest of their day today, Hmm. what are those three things that you would like to share with the audience? This is the first thing that popped up. So I'm going to just say it that every, the person that's listening right now, yes, you, the one that's listening (laughs) right now, you, 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 are loved. We you love are you. worthy. We love you. We love you. You are love. We are reflecting back to you exactly the best parts of yourself. Yes. Truly. You are loved. You are worthy. You're good enough. All that stuff that we hear all the time. Um, and it's why literally I do the work that I do today because I didn't feel that for a really long time. And sometimes I even dip back into that, but I know it's not true. And I know how to pop back into the truth of who I am. That's number one. You are love. Number two, the three deep breaths, slow exhales are one of the most powerful things you can do. And it's free. 
Take a deep breath in through your nose, hold it for a couple seconds, and then a super slow exhale through your nose, relaxing your shoulders on the exhale. Do three in a row. And if you're spinning in your head about something that's not true or oh, I'm not good enough, all that stuff, here are the three steps. One, you're aware that you're doing that thing in your head to yourself. Two, you go into the three deep breath, slow exhales. Three, you tell yourself what is true, factual, and positive about your current state and or where you want to see yourself in the future, envision yourself in the future. That's the exercise you do over and over and over again. And then the third thing I would say is just that, that intention setting that I shared earlier, whenever you're about to meet someone, where, whether it's a work meeting, a review, or your partner, your friend you're going to meet for lunch or dinner, you do the three deep breath, slow exhales and say whatever so-and-so needs to hear, thank you for flowing from my heart to her heart, whatever I need to hear, thank you for flowing from her heart to my heart, for the greater good of everyone concerned. That's a very powerful intention to use. And I Those just want to make a note things. on that too, of the power of coming from that place of saying, thank you, right? That power yes. of gratitude. Like you're not saying, I hope to say something. No. That's you're not, you're not coming from that place of hope or wonder or need or want. You're yes. coming from that place of it's already done. So thank you. You know, thank you for helping me see it. And I think that is so powerful. So powerful because especially people that pray, they'll please, oh, please help me to pay my bills. Oh, please give me this job. That's begging. It's an energy that's like, I don't, I'm not enough. And am I good enough to get this? Whereas thank you is so, it's beautiful. It's confident. It's an exclamation point. Thank you. And that vibration ripples out and pulls back to you what you most need. And I am going to give you the link for that 59 breathing apps because it's free. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Libby, on that note, thank you. I so appreciate you. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate you coming back and doing a round two. I have a feeling there's going to be a round three at some point and do a whole another podcast episode. Um, but thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your stories, your insights, your wisdom, how you define authentic intelligence and just um, sharing all of your good insights and wisdom with the audience. Thank you. Thank you, Lexi. And thank you, Deirdre, for passing along my card to you. We love you, Deirdre. <laughs> How can, um, so I'll, I'll add the link to the app in the description so you guys can check that out. I'll also add a question in to see what takeaways they have experienced or what experience um, you guys in the audience have, what you've um, gone through when you started to listen to that authentic intelligence so we can get some feedback on that. And then lastly, where can people find you or connect with you more, Libby? Uh libbymore.com and LinkedIn. Perfect. All right, great. I'll yeah. add those to the description as well. So you guys can just check the links on that and they'll be right down there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Libby. Until next time. Thank you, Lexi.